0: This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link soul Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com. And by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's
1: Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
0: And the pitch is swung
1: on. Hit the right field. Hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track. Over his head. And over the left. Believe that.
0: And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, gone. Go hey, Gets a bomb out there by the rocks, and boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judging blast. All rise.
1: Here comes the judge.
0: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from humidors to spin rates, to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Happy Monday to everybody and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. Hope everybody is doing well. All right, let's fix this. How do I turn my mic up and not be distorted to the folks? Yes, that, yes, yes, there we go, there we go. We want to thank everybody for listening, athletics.com slash acecast. Everybody watching on the Ace YouTube channel, on Twitter, and on Facebook. We have a tremendous show for you today. We will start the show today about how something happened on MLB Network And it's a blast from the past, and I can't tell you how it made me feel. Almost made me feel vindicated, because I didn't quite have the knowledge then that I have now. A lot has changed, and I think everybody's going to know. If you're you're a Days fan who's been with us for many, many years, you're going to understand what we're going to be talking about first. But before we do that, June Lee from ESPN is going to be here at 4.30. I can't remember. Is he ba- He's from Boston, based in New York, or yes. he's from New York, based in Boston? I believe it's ba- from Boston, based in New York. A lot going on. The
1: Mets, your Mets, have starting to win a little bit. Uh, well, I wanted them for the Padres. Not looking they're not pulling Verlander anymore. Yeah, he pitched well last night. What about the Padres? No,
0: they're uh, They stink. I've been telling you, I've been telling you since spring training. I've been telling you since the winter meetings. Stuff's toxic, and I'm not so sure about what's going to happen with Bowmel. But let me tell you, Bowmel will be okay because he will have two years left on his contract after this that he'll get paid handsomely, and there'll be teams lining up trying to get him.
1: Yeah I I think I saw in an article today that since AJ Preller's been in San Diego he's fired five managers.
0: Oh, it's a bunch of dudes. Jace Tingler.
1: Tingler, Bob uh Bud Black, uh Andy Green. I forgot about Buddy Black.
0: Um He's Preller has been there a long time. Yeah, there was an interim guy that he fired. He's been allowed to like like nobody would have this many decisions and failures and how this guy has been able to continue to run the Padres is crazy. So June Lee will be here at four 30 Ryan Divish from the Seattle times who gave us one of the great nicknames in the history of A's cast when talking about Jared Kelnick was Kelnick, right? Uh, yes. It was Jared Kelnick. described him as a Scottsdale bro. Now, if you haven't been to downtown Scottsdale, and you haven't seen the nightlife in downtown Scottsdale, you may not know what a Scottsdale bro is.
2: He still looks like one of those Scottsdale bros that's over here down in the valley.
0: So if you have been out like we have been many of times in downtown Scottsdale during spring training, uh, I got a few times in Arizona also uh, for Arizona Cardinal games, you know exactly what a Scottsdale bro looks like. It's one of the funniest moments that maybe I don't know if our audience caught on to. But if you go to spring training and you listen to Ryan Divish last time he – that was in spring training last time we talked to him, right? Yeah, we're
1: proving the Mariners.
0: All right, if you listen to that interview and you go to spring training or you frequent the Valley of the Sun – because I'm sure the Scottsdale bro translates to the Phoenix bro – (laughs) <laughs> Tempe, bro. We can go north to Tucson. I got a feeling the Arizona, bro. It's kind of like uh, what about Glendale? I don't. You know what? That's the home of Vince Catronio. I don't know Glendale. I thought he was Gilbert. Oh, that's Gl- Gilbert. Yeah, that is right. Oh, Glendale. There's nothing. There's just a. All I know is I've done. I know Gilbert, bro. His name's Dominic Catronio. I've I've worked Raider. Cardinal Games, that's out in Glendale and that stadium you drive out there. So when you're driving Glendale, Arizona, and you see what's the name of their football stadium called?
1: State Farm something. So
0: when you're driving in on the buses, it's just like this huge stadium in the middle of nowhere. Don't they roll the grass in and out? Yeah. There's there's nothing going on, by the way. And then they open up the they open up the roof and they play the dun, dun 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 and everybody watches the roof open up. Because when I go to Arizona, I want to to the roof open. And by the way, there's a ton of bugs. Well, it's football season. I, so hot. No, it's beautiful. Better. Okay.
1: All right. I'll to, I've never been there for football season, so I don't know. Oh, my God. I've only been there for spring training. And what do you
0: think? Arizona's all, Spring training's beautiful. Well, it's been cold last night. Yeah. Well, I, don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. It was raining when we were there. You don't think Arizona's got beautiful weather? Uh, not in summer. Uh, the rest of the year. I I have never been I've only been there for spring. Oh, once once that once the temperature goes down, Arizona's beautiful. It's a great spot. Why do you think everybody lives there? It's cheaper. Not anymore. Why do you think everybody lives there? Well, I I knew the weather golf, I mean, people, golf courses. I mean, same thing in Florida. You you you, you get oh, well. you, you get through the hot summer, you don't have winters. Why do you think why do you think all your kind east coast people go from Living in the snow, and then being in the humidity in the summer. Why do you think they flock to Florida and Arizona? Well, a lot of people from
1: the East Coast uh, that go down there, are old and retired, that I know, because they don't want to be in the snow
0: anymore. It. No, Arizona is beautiful in the fall. I've uh, been there in the winter. It can get cold. It can get cold in the desert, but no, Arizona. Arizona's money. But yeah, there was there was little bugs when they when they when the grass comes back in at the football stadium and you're like, there's little bugs everywhere. Cause the grass was outside and they wheel it in. It's, it's a trip. They're
1: not the midges like that. They,
0: they got hit job Chamberlain, right? Midges fly. Midges are flying up in the light towers. And I am not a midge ex, midge. I'm not a midge expert being someone who's lived in California their entire life.
1: Yeah. Well, it's fair. Um, but, yeah, he gave the, the drop of a uh, Scottsdale bro is one of the greatest.
2: He still looks like one of those Scottsdale bros that's over here down in the
1: valley. <laughs> he might be – by the way, Kelnick might be their best hitter we, right now. Hey, by the way, he has been their best hitter. I know. Well, look at J-Rod. J-Rod's hitting like 205. Your boy J-Rod stinks. Hitting third, hitting 204.
0: J-Rod has one hit over the last 15 at-bats. Okay. Batting a buck 47, 23 strikeouts in 17 games in May.
1: Uh, the bet's not looking great right now. Mariners two games under. Five out of the wild card. Still got a shot. Still, why, don't you, why don't you tell about another one of your terrible early. bets? I'm, I'm not giving up yet. I have not given up. Can't get I mean, there's, it's May. Mariners can go on a run. I mean, they go on a run like every year. Although, they're not winning the one-run games this year, which is really s- surprising.
0: You want me to give you the the number?
1: Haven't they lost like 12 of 16 or something?
0: They've lost 12 of 16, Mariners, have lost 12 of 16 one-run games. The last two years, Mariners were by far, with their fun differential, Mariners were by far the best team in baseball in one-run games, by a lot. They were 67-41. and Quick math, that's a winning percentage of?
1: Um... I didn't hear the stats. I was reading a comment.
0: Six twenty.
1: Oh, that's it's
0: pretty good. Sixty-seven and forty-one and in one-run one games.
1: And now you're what are you, essentially four. And now 12? you're twelve
0: and sixteen. It's just it's the law of averages. Yeah. What they were doing regression to the mean. How were they? How were they winning and having such a terrible run differential? They had a negative run differential. How's this happening? They dominated one-run games. Well, you're not going to keep doing that. Well, and then now all of a sudden you're not winning the one-run games. And you look up and you go, oh, you've lost four in or You've lost one in a row. I was looking at us. You lost one in a row, and you're 22 and 24. You were one of the favorites. So we'll see how that works. But I want to get back to, first of all, how was your week and everything good?
1: My wife's in Cancun, so, yeah, I
0: didn't really do much. Um, you know what? I didn't realize that I should have been a nurse. She's there for She's there for work. All she does is party and travel. Well, when you can afford it. Deliver a couple <laughs> babies, and then you're off traveling. That's yeah. all
1: she does. She left last Wednesday. She's back tomorrow night. I have to pick her up at SFO. So um, thoughts and prayers for me driving up at the SFO
0: tomorrow Yeah, night. all these people, oh, you got a cool job. I work every day. She's off. Oh, she's going to Cal Poly. Oh, she's going to San Luis Obispo. Oh, she's going to Cancun. I mean, what a life she lives.
1: She was supposed to go to New Orleans, I think, uh, in June, but she ended up not going for a work conference. <laughs> Should have been a nurse. Yeah, there's like four or five nurses from the guaranteed work. Won't won't tell you what Kaiser she works at, but it's here in the South Bay somewhere. Um, there's a few of the nurses. So I'm like, who's delivering babies?
0: It's 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 a great gig, man. They work what four
1: days off, three days. Uh, yeah. My wife works a lot of overtime and a lot of like sixteen hours. Well, shifts. That's but a, they, that's, that's your her own. choice. That's your choice. Yes. Her. I think her standard shift is three days a week. Actually. I. How about yours? Besides work. What. How was your weekend? Nobody cares.
0: All righty. I worked. PGA Championship. I, yeah. Michael Block. I watched that hole-in-one as I was live on the air. You know where I was this weekend? In here. I was right here. <laughs> See this? This is where I was this weekend. Watching A's baseball. It was great. It's great. It's great. You know, you know, just getting, just getting better. Hey, Seth Brown's back. Jordan Diaz is sent down. I'm going to ask this question because you know what? Not everybody can be honest with you. So I really have nobody to talk to. I, like, I sit around and I like, I got to be real. I got to like, look, I got to be Michael Jackson, be the man in the mirror. I got to look at the man in the mirror. Because I know other people I ask aren't going to tell the real answer. I can ask the questions and they're going to give me garbage. So I'm not even going to ask them. I will tell you right now, this franchise did not get better by sending Jordan Diaz down. They did They didn't get better. How do you get better? How do, how do you get better? Jordan Diaz is figuring out how to hit. He's figuring out how to play second. He's figuring out how to play. He's, he's, what, 14 years old? How old is he now? 22? I think he's 22, yeah, 14. Jordan Diaz going down to AAA did not make this organization better. Yeah, 22. And you know what? I can't ask... My colleagues, about it. Well, you're bringing Seth Brown back, and Seth Brown, blah, blah. Oh, Seth Brown's back. He was in 200 before he got hurt. Um, We're 10-38. and 38. Seth Brown's going to, all of a sudden, we're now going to get to 500 and be in this thing? Season saved. Season saved? I said, I don't want to see any of the young guys go down. I don't want to see it. I don't care. I don't care. Unless you got babe freaking Ruth or Shohei Otani coming up. I don't want to see anything. I, I know Seth Brown has to come back. That's how the business works. Get rid of somebody else.
1: Yeah, I, I thought I was worried that it was if it wasn't Jordan Diaz, it was gonna be JJ Blaiday.
0: That'd be another one. But but Both young guys. Yeah. I I don't know how this organization got better sending sending him down. I don't think any. I don't think anyone will give you an honest answer. I think people lie to you. And, oh well, you know it's uh, it's 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 you know Seth Brown. He's a leader. He, Seth Brown. I love Seth Brown to death. Great guy. Good to have him back. No question. But this organization didn't get better with Seth Brown coming up, because this year is a wash your 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 team gets better by a guy like Jordan Diaz in the next couple of years being a good player.
1: And learning how to play at the end. We're big still
0: level. we're still acting that by the way, we still make moves and still build our lineup and still build our roster like we're not ten and thirty eight. Fair, yeah. We don't. We we're still acting like up oh, steady the ship. Stay the process. Stay the process. You're ten and thirty eight.
1: I will say this though about this weekend. It was a competitive series against Houston where some of the series we've seen this year, they were not competitive, like against Tampa, the better teams in the league. Against Houston, and, and Houston starting to play really well, like, like we knew they would, uh, with Altuve being back on Friday. Uh, I thought that was a competitive series. I the, I think the starting pitching's gotten a little bit better. I know Cap was up and down yesterday, but, I mean, I, I feel like Cap that was... Cap pitched well. Yeah, I
0: thought, for what the situation... Who, but who's making you competitive? It's not the veterans. Well, it's the young guys. Yeah. So you just got rid of one of the young guys the young guys that are showing up, ready to rock. It's the older guys. What are we doing here? Why is our average age twenty eight? Well, actually, our average age just went up. Uh, you know, what we didn't recognize the other day, the big three.
1: Lou the Bobblehead. Then, thank you, uh, Isabella, for giving me this bobblehead. I saw it in the treehouse last week, and I was like, "Hey." Izzy. I was like, hey. Oh, she's also giving us not, Najee Harris will be on the show Friday at the Treehouse.
0: Oh, house. nice.
1: Yeah, a little Steeler connection, a little Antioch. So it'll be nice to have that. The
0: Oc, as they say.
1: A former Alabama running back. You might have heard of that university. They've won a couple national titles.
0: No. I mean, they're. Were they in the Sun Belt Conference? They're not as good as Georgia anymore. but This is a pretty sweet one. And it has no advertisement on it. Wow. We, that's because that's, yeah, that's when you know it's old school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Chevron or all well, the other ones got some type of does, advertisement. Does
1: have one? I don't think Katse does. No, no. Disney? No. Well, you know, once it's a Star Wars related, it's, that's an Take advertisement. Take it off. You
0: know. I dare you. Take it off. All right. Um, folks, I was sitting on my couch today with my dog and I was watching MLB Now and they started the show with Joey Gallo. And I know you don't care and neither do I. But they showed a graphic, and it's literally a graphic that made me so excited. I jumped up, and my dog freaked out, and I immediately contacted Cody. I've been vindicated. It is a picture. So I took a picture of the graphic. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. Hopefully you will. Can you see it, Cody? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, kind of. It's hard. because All right, the- so it's a picture that has Joey Gallo, Miguel Sano, Aaron Judge, Russell Brannion. Russell Brannion. And one other player. It's the career, three true outcome leaders since 1900. That, my friends, I'm not a data analyst. I'm not a data expert. I did not graduate with a degree in economics. I am a proud San Jose State graduate with a radio television and film degree. By the way, renewed my season tickets. Um, go Spartans. By the way, a female Spartan, I can't remember her name, she's in second place right now for the uh, National Championship in golf. Oh, they have they have a good- She's trailing a, she's trailing a girl from USC. Oh, uh, shocker. But, they, but San Jose said it's a good golf program. Not too off Track, they, we have a great. They, we've won yeah. national championships yeah. in, in women's golf, so we got a female Spartan going for the national title. All right, three true outcomes: home run, strikeout, walk. It's awful. It literally started destroying our game. It something happened, and where the A's are, are are partly to blame. You know, we we you know we were smarter than everybody else. So you know, you know, we're 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 turning we're turning the casino on it. What what was this saying? We're not we're turning turn-
1: the odds on the casino. Turning the
0: odds of the casino. Thank you. We're we're like card counters. Yeah. Money what? ball, money ball,
1: money ball was on this weekend,
0: so <laughs> it was fitting. We just want guys to get on base. Do I care how they get on base? Just do so they get on base? Do they get on base and do they hit home runs? It gets on base. And you you started, like, trying to find these guys, and the game started morphing into this less athletic, less productive. And Cody and I have talked about this a lot, especially off the air, to where we just start taking numbers and we put them in a vacuum, and that, that like that number stands alone, and that's how we judge something. It's like, well, this is actually a game that you play. It's not one number says this is how you win games. It's a game. You mentioned the PGA Championship. Some of the biggest shots in the PGA Championship over four days are small putts and small chips. While everybody talks about launch angle and how you hit it. Do you hit a draw? Do you hit a fade? How do you, you know, how do you hit your long irons? It's the shortest shots because you're playing a game. Those are the shots that matter the most. And I used to get into it with people because now, after Moneyball, our fans all thought they were sabermetricians. And our fans all started going, batting average balls put in play. They started bringing everything at you, right? Babbitt, as they call it. Yeah. It was was unbelievable. Everybody's a know-it-all. And everybody wanted to back Jack Cust. Well, guess who was... You can go to Susan Slusser. You can go to everybody was backing Jack Cuss except one guy. This guy.
1: Good host always brings it back to himself. Because
0: I watched Jack Cuss and I said, this guy stinks. <laughs> this guy's worthless. Bob Guerin and I went round and round on it. Bob wasn't a big fan of mine. Bob 2.0 was. Bob 1.0, no. <laughs> Bob Guerin, you know at the end of the Bob Guerin Billy Bean relationship was, when Bob Guerin stood in front of us in the dugout and said, Jack Cuss, our best player. Well, Jack Cuss had a role for a couple of years. But Jack Cuss, all of a sudden, couldn't pull the trigger, walked, struck out, and didn't hit a lot of home runs, and there was nowhere to put him in the field. And Jack Cuss, give me his numbers the last year in Oakland when Bob Guerin said he was our best player.
1: Uh, 2010, right? Because Garen got fired in 2011. Cuss was a Mariner. There's
0: memory. a dark cloud over the A's at this point. Uh, Moneyball was- is long gone. You've got 2006 was not on the phone. All those players are gone, and you've got Bob Garin, who obviously has the relationship with Billy Bean. We all know is and. And the front office is completely making all of the calls, line up, who to pitch. I hate to break the news if you didn't know. The front office was making all the decisions. They can tell you they weren't, but that would be a lie. And there's this dark cloud over the Coliseum, and Jack Cust is being called our best player. Oh, Oh, and let's not forget. We think Derek Barton is a great player to go with it, too. But go ahead. Read me Custy. Custy. It was a and blast. Uh, 2010 is last year with the A's.
1: Yep. 31, 112 games played. He hit 272 that year, which, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, 13 home runs, 52 runs driven, in, struck out 127 times, walked 68. The year prior, though, walked, struck out 185 times, walked 93, and hit 240. Uh-huh. And hit 25 home runs.
0: Tell me his OPS. Tell me. OPS. Oh, my God. Tell me his OPS. Uh, his
1: OPS in 2009 four, seven, uh, was 773, and 2010 is last year, 834.
0: Ooh, ooh. I said Jack Cuss sucks. <laughs> and I'll say it again. And, and oh, how about this? He gets on base. Well, was it wasn't Mary gets on base. You know how hard it is to get him home? How do you get him home? He's a slug. He's, he's such an unproductive baseball player. He
1: scored 50 runs his last year, isn't he? he?
0: just For a guy that walks so much, I mean, you would have thought he scored. Look at all the walks, and look how, how he just doesn't score. Here's a guy that led baseball with 111 walks and only scored 77 times. But here was the thing. Here was the thing. Well, if he was in a different lineup, he'd be a great player. Oh, okay. So now I'm an idiot because I watch him every day. I don't think he's very good. But if he's on another team, Jack Cuss. Okay. Jack Cuss left the A's. How many games did Jack Cuss last in the big leagues? Because the A's, they were the ones that acquired him. They're the ones who made him. And they're the ones that are telling you he was their best player. 29 other teams had an opportunity to get Jack Cuss. Where did he go? Uh, the the team that's that we're playing tonight, the
1: Seattle Mariners.
0: And how many games did he play? 67. That's it? Yeah. So, our best player, Bob Guerin, stepped up and arrogantly was challenged, he was challenged and arrogantly defended Jack Cust as our best player. And there's 29 other teams in the league. He got to go to one other team and only played in 67 more games and never
1: plays again? Oh, uh, he only hit 3 home runs. Uh, drove in 23, struck out 87 times,
0: and 225 at-bats. Was he injured? Uh, not, I don't know. No, because he ended up playing in the Phillies AAA. He'd never play in big league. He'd play 67 more games. That's it. You
1: know what his OPS was that year? 673.
0: Did the Mariners say he was their best player? I don't think so. Uh, was he on that team then? See, that's when later on Bob Melvin would come and bring some sanity back to baseball and lead the team out of darkness. Because a guy like Jack Cust, and banking on Jack Cust as your best player, led you into darkness. Jack Cust, three true outcome leader since 1900. 1900, it goes Joey Gallo, 58.3%. Miguel Sano, 58.3. Jack Cust at 53. Walk, strikeout, home run. And that's not a lot of home runs. He didn't hit that many home runs.
1: I'm trying to... Uh, look. So
0: so if you remember back, when you talk about being a productive player that helps you win games, it's a sport. Ari, does everything that you do... Help your team win. Clearly, that was not the case for Jack Cuss, even though he was called our best player. They tried to sell Derek Barton as one of the best infielders in baseball. You want to talk about a dark time? He was in the motor trade, right? Yes. I mean, just think about this. These are people who are looking at you like you're a moron. You're. They're looking at you like, oh, what do you – Because none of us understand data. The data says Jack Cust is great. The data says Derek Barton is great. Derek Barton left the A's at 28 years old. There's 29 other teams. Name me how many other teams Derek Barton played in the big leagues for when we were being sold that he's one of the best infielders in baseball. That would be none. None. 29 other teams, no one ever – Brought him up to the big leagues again. No, and you mentioned the same year with Cuss as
1: last year, 2010. Derek Barton that year walked 110 times, which led the league.
0: He was in his prime. He's 28 years old. No one gave this guy who we did every – we even forced him to start the playoff game against Detroit in game one. And he booted some balls, and then Melvin was like, not doing it. I mean, thank God for Melvin. Thank God. Melvin brought sanity back to the organization. You forgot to bring up the untouchable player. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe you brought that up. Uh, I'll never forget the untouchable player. They were bringing him around. I was doing my talk show at 95-7 the game. Uh, they contacted me because, obviously, the relationship was never good with 95-7 the game. So, I'm like, bring him in. I'll have him on my show. Because we are showcasing a player for the A's. Because there was one untouchable guy. Do you remember who that untouchable guy was, folks? Jamile Weeks. So, Cust is the best player. Derek Barton's one of the best infielders. And Jamile Weeks was untouchable. And yours truly always was like, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And people criticized. That's fine. I'm having my day to see this career three true outcomes cuz we didn't talk back when this was going on at Jack Cuss we didn't talk about three true outcomes no we no. didn't know about it yet yeah that wasn't really a thing that wasn't a thing at all like if i would have had this ammunition can you imagine what that would have done for me in and talking with people and cuz that was a that was a different era man that was when we I don't even want to say that part of that was Jack Cuss was when we were on originally on 860, when we had a booming 50,000 watt, I would have calls coming from all over Northern California, from from Sacramento all the way down to Stockton, all the way out to Fresno. We would have, I you know, our, our radio signal shrunk over the years, especially when we went to FM. When we were on 860, the original in 2010, it was Booming. You you would be shocked how many calls we were we were getting all the time. And I was fighting people all the time about it. I wish I would have had this in. Jack Cuss is one of the worst strikeout walk and occasional home run hitters we've ever seen in the history of the game who can't run or play defense or throw. But what could he do? Kind of got on yeah, base. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean... He, I'm just I'm, he's not a winning player he's not a good player he was not a good player.
1: The only guy under that's surprising kinda is Aaron judge because he's such a good hitter now
0: yeah Aaron judge is on but he he's the because Russell Brandon was a home run strikeout yep. guy but these are guy but the thing about Aaron judge what puts him on this list is that he hits so many home runs
1: yeah, and he walks a lot and he,
0: he still strikes out a good a good amount give me his career average though um That's the thing. It's like if you're not hitting home runs and you're just striking out. He's a
1: career 284 hitter. Yeah.
0: I mean, you can't even put – the fact that he's on this list is an anomaly. He walked
1: 111 times last year, but he struck at 175. Oh, and he hit 62 home runs. Yeah. So, he led
0: two of the three. Jack Cuss just strikes out and hits 24 home runs. Everybody's like, oh, my God, he's a great player. (laughs) And he walks. And it got to a point – did I ever tell you the story about my – when my dad died? And we are having my dad's funeral. And so back in San Diego. And that night after the funeral, we took a bunch of our family to, you know, my parents were season ticket holders for the Padres. So uh, we took everybody, all the family, to a Padre game to celebrate my dad. Guess who they're playing? The yeah, Oh, the A's. The Seattle Mariners. Oh, I was going to say that. Okay, that was my next guest. And guess who, first at bat. Oh, called third strike looking. Jack Cust. Jack Cust. I can't get away from this guy. <laughs> I can't get away. I've, like, ripped this guy for all these years on postgame, and now I'm my dad's funeral. I'm at, like, one of the lowest points of my life, and there's Jack Cust taking called third strike at Petco <laughs> Park. I couldn't believe it. D- is, is June there? Yeah. June, welcome back to Ace Cast Live. How are you?
3: What's up? How's it going?
0: Uh, we got a lot going on today, but uh, back in your neighborhood, we've been talking so much about – You know, hey, here the Mets are with the highest payroll in the history of baseball. What the hell is going on? Look out, the Mets have won some games, starting to get hot.
3: Yeah, it's kind of been an up and down season for both New York teams so far. I think falling a slightly short of expectations. I think the turning point over the course of last week was Justin Verlander's first start at City Field, where he kind of disappointed. Uh, I think he gave up six runs that night. He basically said that he was surprised that the Mets were in the position that they were, given the talent on the roster and how well they performed last year. And I think in the days afterwards, Pete Alonso went on an absolute home run tear. Uh, and that has kind of revitalized the energy in the clubhouse because. You know this was a group last year that really didn't go through a ton of adversity during the course of the regular season. Uh, they kind of smooth sailed were just really, really good the entire year, uh, obviously until the postseason they got eliminated by the, the Padres. This was kind of the first time that this group had been tested with uh, adversity and the New York media starting to like kind of bite at them and, uh, just the the expectations of the situation starting to uh, kind of f- be really felt in that clubhouse. I mean, I, I start to f- sense that guys are getting a little tense about uh, where the team was. And so I think the last week has really turned things around and, sh- and sh- just generally shaken up the vibes.
0: That's so interesting, isn't it? Because you're always fighting for the attention. You're the little brother. We understand what that's like with the San Francisco <clears throat> Giants. You always want to be that. All of a sudden, you got that. Now everybody cares. Uncle Steve's spending all that money, and everybody cares. Well, here comes the scrutiny with it. You want to be like the Yankees? Now you're going to get treated like the Yankees.
3: Yeah, and I think that this team is ready to face that scrutiny. I think that uh, you have a bunch of veterans who have kind of been through this before between Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Francisco Lindor, I think, has has really come out of the other side of his pretty awful debut season in in the grand scheme of kind of Francisco Lindor's career uh, in 2020 and has, has kind of started to embrace New York City. I think Pete Alonso is kind of made for New York as well. And so I think that this group is pretty well tested in terms of the the mindset that you bring in order to kind of be able to handle the scrutiny of the New York media. Uh, but there's definitely much more of a spotlight on them than there has been before because, uh, you know, Steve Cohen just spending money left and right. I mean, you look at the jumbotron uh, that they has in center field this year. It's just Unlike anything else I've ever seen in any sports <laughs> arena, <laughs> I've seen it. Just incredible. It's just absolutely enormous. Like it, it's the size of like a football, like the football scale jumbotron, but yeah. it's in like a smaller, you know, arena for for a baseball game. It's just the the scale of it is just absolutely enormous.
0: Well, you know, and so much of, of what we talk about, and rightfully so. I mean, the AL East is off to a start. You know, in the wild card era, winning percentage by divisions the best ever. 0-1 American League West and 0-2 American League West. You know, one of the reasons why you know you had in that year where the where the A's are a wild card team with a hundred and two wins because the Mariners won hundred and sixteen games. I mean, back then those th- th- those two years in the AOS were crazy. But right now. You got every single team in the American League East is well over 500. We'll get into that. It's kind of, people are kind of forgetting that this race between the Braves and the Mets, it's been going on now. I mean, obviously, what the Braves did last year, tracking them down, not enough talk about that. We go back to the Chipper Jones and the Mets back in those days, but right now, it's kind of, it's as good as it gets when you say between Mets and Braves and what we're going to see the rest of the way.
3: Yeah, I'm really excited to see what these teams kind of look like. I think the big thing that the Mets are depending on is having guys like Scherzer and Verlander, guys who are on kind of the the back end of their careers in terms of age, actually continue to perform at the level that they are expected to. And I think that's one of the, the biggest concerns that Mets fans have and the Mets in general have about this team is that they need these guys who are getting paid a lot of money and are also on the older end to continue to be the guys that they have been. And that is kind of a a risky proposition. And on top of that, you're depending on Carlos Carrasco and Jose Quintana and Kodai Senga, who uh, has been kind of a, a little bit up and down since the start of the season. And, could potentially, you know, get Tommy John surgery at some point, just given the, the, the conversation around the diagnostics of his elbow. And so you need all these things in the rotation to really go right. I think one of the things that's been underrated about the Mets last year and the difference between last year's team and this year's team is Chris Bassett, who has gone to the Toronto blue Jays and continued to be an extremely good pitcher. You guys obviously know uh, Chris from his time in Oakland. Like Chris is a consistent middle of the rotation starter who's going to put up like a 3-5 to a 3-8 ERA, and he did that game after game after game last year. Like, you know, he's not going to be Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer at his peak, but you know what you're going to get out of Chris Bassett, and the team has missed that at least in the early month and a half of the season so far, and he's continued to do that as he's gone to the Toronto Blue Jays this year.
0: Yeah, well, once he got like 27, was it Cody, 27 scoreless innings C Bass has going right yeah, 27. now. 27. And, and he gives you innings – I mean, I mean, in in our world, it's hard to believe we say it. I guess it's not hard anymore. We're so used to it. It's like, can somebody throw seven? Can somebody help my bullpen out? Can anybody go more than five and dive? It's amazing how valuable that player has become. To where, whatever all your other numbers are, great, but if you could just give me innings and not wear out my bullpen.
3: Yeah, I think that just that is what Chris Bassett does as well as anyone in the game. I think that just in the modern baseball uh g- g- given the way that the-, the game is played in the modern times now like just getting those innings out of the starting starting pitcher is something that's so rare uh especially just given the the, the restraints that that teams put on pitch count and the-, the the times through the order and so when you have a pitcher is able to get through just 6 innings 7 innings consistently that's a you know, four to five win player these days. And that's kind of reserved for you know the top of the line starters at the Garrett Cole, Sonny Gray this year. That's not something you see regularly. I think it's become a much more valuable asset in, in the game as well as a whole.
0: Do you remember when we sat down with you in San Diego at the winter meetings, we were all talking about this is about the shortstops and the shortstops years and money and all this stuff. I mean, the Correa thing last – when we were sitting down, the Correa drama was just starting, right? We didn't even realize <laughs> yeah. how crazy it was going to be. And now you look at all these shortstops and it's like, man, we talked a lot about these guys. Man, you want to talk about over-promise, under-deliver. What have we learned about that whole shortstop class that we called the greatest of all time when we're at the winter meetings?
3: I think it's still too early to say. I mean, we're six weeks into the year. Like for me, when I talk to people around the league, whether it's, you know, baseball operations executives, agents, uh, the conversations that people have about, you know, teams six weeks in the year on May 22nd is we still don't really know how good. Any of these teams are like, I think that it's going to take like another month to start to make judgments about, you know, how, how well teams are going to project going into the playoffs, but especially on these like 10 year contracts, it's like, it's pretty hard to project. Um, That being said, like Xander Bogarts, for example, had an incredible, like first four weeks of the season. He started the last two weeks. For me, I think it's a little too hard to make any sort of judgment. Like, is Xander Bogarts going to pay off in the last like three to four years of that contract? No, probably not, just given, you know, the aging curve, j- curve of most of the shortstops and just, you know, top end contracts that, that have been given out in the game over the course of the last two decades. Uh, but that's not what these teams are prioritizing through these contracts. And so uh, I still think it's a little bit too early to say, but I am really curious to like look back at this period in like eight years and see how many teams spent a ton of money and actually won a world series because we've seen the San Diego Padres spend tons of money year after year after year, constantly winning the off season. what do they have to show for it?
0: Yeah. $863 million to free agents and contract extensions. And they are 21 and 26, seven and a half games back. I mean, I hopefully will be, I may or may not, I may be retired by the time these contracts are up to be able to come back and look at them, but it'll be interesting. And I know you don't have the answer. I don't have the answer, but it's like, okay, you signed so-and-so for 11 years and you signed this guy for 10 years. How many years will the guy have to be pretty good to justify that contract? Cause as you just said, at least the last three years are gonna be stinkers. So how many years of the deal will have to be good to make it worth it?
3: Oh man, I think it depends on a couple things. Like if if you don't win a World Series, you probably need more of those years. I think that's just how normally these that's a good equations point. go. Yeah, and so, like, if you're, you know, for, I think back to the, my reference points are all Boston, growing up in Boston. But, like, <laughs> if you look at the J.D. Drew contract yeah, and, you know, the Red Sox, I think, signed him for a five-year, $70 million contract. J.D. Drew was awful for the last couple of years of that contract, but they won a World Series and he hit an enormous grand slam and it, it kind of made it all worth it. John Lackey was awful. For the first two years of that contract with the Red Sox. And these are shorter contracts than the contracts that were given out this past offseason. But I think that World Series thing is going to play a huge factor. And if we see a couple of teams win the World Series after having signed these big ticket free agents, uh, I think that the majority of them will probably think it's worth it in terms of uh, the contract length, especially just because when you win a World Series, the potential economic ripple effect that you have, not just on your team, but on the area around the stadium, on the city, all of that stuff is potentially enormous. And so I, I think a lot of these owners are viewing these as like not just investments in the team in, in the near term, but potential investments in, in the community as a whole, uh, especially in the San Diego area where you know, baseball has kind of been on the rise of the course of the last five years. And we've seen a, a more passionate Padres fandom uh, at the stadium and online in a way that I think we haven't seen before.
0: Well, you know, going back to you growing up in Boston and just thinking about out here with the San Francisco Giants, when you have this run for X amount of years and you win X amount of World Series, yeah, you kind of forget who signed for what, who did what, how it is. You're just going to remember, hey, Kevin Millar, World Series champion. Hey, Big Poppy, Pedro Martinez, Kurt Sch- you, you know, out here, it's Buster Posey. It's Mad Bum. It's, you know, it's Hunter Pence in the speech. I mean, you you don't care about the money. You don't care. But all of a sudden, if I look up at X amount of years and, you know, Trey Turner hasn't delivered anything or Xander Bogarts or uh, Correa and the Minnesota Twins have won, you start to wonder, like. What do you really have to do to, if you don't win a title, what do you have to do to live up to the contract? Dansby Swanson, I mean, name any of these guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a pretty tough proposition in terms of uh, getting the value back. And I think that's part of why, uh, you know, some, some teams are trying to take the complete opposite approach. Uh, I look at the Red Sox specifically, where they're kind of hesitant to give out that contract. But in terms of the mid-tier contract, the Masataka Yoshida uh, you know, the contracts in kind of that area teams are, some teams are, are kind of leaning harder in that direction because they see uh, a potential market inefficiency in, in the way that those players are valued versus the the top end players that at the, you know, the peak of the market.
0: All right, let's go to your wheelhouse, the ALE. So everybody, cause we're one of the first sacrificial lambs here for the rays early in the season, the A's. They just, they,
3: <laughs> I, they, you guys are the sacrificial lens for everybody. Yeah, this they, here, let's be real. There's no
0: <laughs> doubt. Uh, so, <laughs> You know, we saw them and we we're like, hey, Kevin Cash and the boys are legit. And everybody's like, oh, I don't know. They haven't played you, but they're legit. They've got, they're, they're, they're fantastic. And then, the Yankees have had their issues with injuries. Where have we heard that before? Red Sox are playing better, I think, than what a lot of us thought because we didn't really know. Blue Jays, I would say, with their losing streak right now, are underperforming. And then all of a sudden, here are the Orioles in second place. Like, like, the Orioles know, you know. Everybody's always going to talk Yankees. Everybody's always going to talk Red Sox. I mean, here are the Orioles. I mean, this just looking at the AL East, it's so it's well. Here's what I want to get first with the AL East. I think it's going to be interesting is that they're not going to beat up on each other as much. They now get to go have the carnage outside the division, which will make their overall records very interesting. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I had a conversation with Bo Bichette when he was in New York, and he was just like, I'm so glad that we're not going to be back here until September because not having to beat up on the division rivals, especially when the division is this strong, yeah. is enormous for this for the entire division. It, it, it increases the chances of all these teams making the playoffs because instead of you know beating up on each other, you can beat up on the AL Central. I mean, you look at the Blue Jays right now. The Blue Jays are in last place in the AL East, and they're tied with the Minnesota Twins for – uh, they would in theory be tied for the Minnesota with the Minnesota Toys, I think, for first place in the Central. Uh, that is how strong the AL East has been this year. And then you look at the Orioles specifically, like you mentioned, Adley Rushman is going to get MVP, MVP votes this season. And you look at that roster, uh, Cedric Mullins has had a bounce back year. You know, you have guys like Adam Frazier having good years, Jorge Mateo has having a really good year at shortstop. And then you look at Gunnar Henderson, Gunnar Henderson was kind of the unanimous almost rookie of the year picked by a lot of pundits before the season, he has 0.2 wins above replacement is hitting below 200. So if Gunnar Henderson turns things around, this Orioles offense could be extremely dynamic. And I think on top of that, the rule changes have greatly benefited the Orioles because they have a roster that is able to take advantage of the speed between Mullins and and Mateo, who have just been, you know, among the league leaders in stolen bases this year. And then you look at the back of that Orioles bullpen. You have uh, Yenir Cano, who has been one of the best relievers in in all of baseball. Uh, and, and then you also have Felix Bautista, who has been a lo- a lockdown closer over the course of the last two seasons. Those two elements between the offense kind of being more dynamic and Rushman having an MVP-type season so far, uh, I-, I think have kind of shaped the dynamic of the Orioles. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this team is going to approach the trade deadline. Because... This is a franchise that has been willing to spend money in the past to get star players. You know, we remember Miguel Tejada signing, obviously, coming from uh, Oakland to to Baltimore. This this franchise has been willing to spend money in the past, and they've been waiting for the right moment. Are they going to spend money to to go out and get a, a top-line starter to take this team over the top? Uh, because, you know, once you get to the postseason, who knows whether or not, uh, you know, a, any team that gets to October, I think, has a shot to, to win it all.
0: Super producer Cody, Jorge Mateo was in what organization and could never make it to the big leagues and got shipped off? Uh, I believe it's the Oakland Athletics. Oh, Jorge Mateo. Couldn't use a guy like that right now playing shorts up every single day. Uh, heading out our way to the American League West, there's a team scoring a lot of runs. They spent a lot of money on pitching. You're not going to be shocked Verlander is on the D- on the IL. Um, the Rangers, though, are scoring a lot. Are you buying stock in the Texas Rangers?
3: Oh, man. Um, I'm still concerned about building a rotation around Jacob DeGrom and needing to depend on that to get far in the postseason just because every single start in New York that Jacob DeGrom took over the last couple years, everyone is just holding their breath every (laughs) single pitch, waiting for an injury to happen. (sighs) every single every every single pitch you would feel city field get stressed over is this going to be the last pitch of jacob Degrom's season because that's just who he's been over the course of the last couple years like when he's on he's obviously one of the most dominant pitchers that we've ever seen throw off a mound uh and and when you're depending on you know nathan uvalde's had an incredible start to the season uh is that going to keep up? We've seen him kind of be up and down since he's uh, been traded to the Red Sox, uh, since he was traded to the Red Sox for the Rays a couple years ago. Uh, Marcus Simeon's having an incredible season. I think that there's a lot of talent here. For me personally, like it's a little too early to declare the Rangers as a legitimate threat just because like I believe too much in the Astros in that division, despite them having all the injuries to the pitching staff that they've had uh, and, and and believe in, in the Mariners' uh, just kind of core talent um, eventually uh, winning out. But, obviously, we'll, we'll see. Great stuff as always. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon. You be well. Thanks for having me. June Lee does a great
0: job. ESPN there in the Northeast. As he said, grew up in Boston. Covering sports in New York, always interesting. And I said it yesterday on the post-game show. I'll say it again today. Um, I think over the weekend, the A's can learn from what they saw. They can, You can learn from watching how the Astros conduct their business. Because they are... By far, oh, no, my ace cast sign. They are by far the best franchise. It's not disputable. They've been to the ALCS six straight years. They've been to four World Series in in that time, and they've won two of them. Call them cheaters all you want. They win. Just win, baby. It's what they do. And they do it their way. They don't throw money at it. You want to – they've got a price point. And if you heard this yesterday after the game, I apologize, but, you know, not everybody did. They've got a price point for every player. They look at you and they say, this is what you're worth. And if you command more than that, we're going to let you go. And, by the way, we're not going to trade you. We're going to let you go to the end of your contract. And then we're just going to let you walk. So they never get into the dilemma of what are you going to do? You going to trade this guy? Oh, what do they? They don't have to, like their media. They run put it this way: the Astros run their show. They're they're running things down south, the Southwest. Nobody's harping on them. People are afraid of them because Jim Crane, the owner, the billionaire, is ruthless. He is ruthless on in his baseball business, and he is ruthless. Outside, I've told you I have a connection to Jim Crane and I've heard stories the man is ruthless and people fear him. Whether it's right or wrong, it is what it is. And te- you know, you never you never hear people criticizing them how they do be- they let Garrett Cole walk. They let Carlos Correa walk. Burlender. They, let, they let, i was gonna, Oh, sorry. You you wanna finish my thought? Oh, no, that was the thing of the players they let go. So, they let these guys go. And people, "Ah, it's not the tanking. We've proved on here tanking. That's not true. Some of the guys are from tanking, but a lot aren't. Anybody could add Jose Altuve. Anybody could add Jordan Alvarez. I mean, yesterday's guy, Framber Valdez, you know how much he signed for? Not much, and he was older. Take a guess. It
1: was like 100,000. (laughs)
0: Oh, not even close. Not even close. I mean if you look at just looking at their Keep going. What do you think he signed for? Thirty thousand. He signed for ten thousand dollars. Anybody could have had him. They went into Latin America and they carpet bombed with not a lot of money. They gave ten to you, twenty five to you, seventy five to you. They didn't go Robert Poisson five point one million like we did. where's Robert Poisson? He's in Stockton still. Uh, they went and gave a bunch of guys and said, we're just going to throw a bunch of money out there, just like we're going to cast a huge net and hope that a couple of these guys work out.
1: Oh, it worked out. And a couple of these guys have worked out. I mean, half the rotation was
0: built from the international
1: market. Garcia, hey. Valdez. Well,
0: not anymore Garcia, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Rikidi. <laughs> I mean, those are all guys that they found internationally. They didn't draft them. They didn't you know, they didn't get them from tanking. They internationally the, scouted and developed. Remember – Luna fired half his scouts at the spent guys with video cameras as a scout. I mean that's how ruthless they were, but it's
0: paying off for him. So it works. It works and they're not worried, you know. You know, I talked about the Rays yesterday too. And it was you know, Ace fans have always talked about we want a player that stays here long term and we want to be able to buy jerseys. But then you can't then say you want to do it the, Ra- the way the Rays do it. Cuz the Rays the Rays, they don't buy a jersey for the Rays because they they will get rid of their guys, and they go the Bill Walsh, they go get rid of them too early rather than too late. So, if you want jersey guys and you want be able to buy jerseys, that's all you want. Well, then you're not playing the modern day game of how to how to win, be successful. Because the Houston Astros, you'd say, well, they have Altuve. Altu- well, because Altuve took their price point. Jordan Alvarez, who is this massive great player, signed. We offered Matt Chapman $150 million. He turned it down. Jordan Alvarez signed for $110. Yeah. Bob Melvin asked Matt Chapman if he would sign for the Alex Bregman deal. Matt Chapman told him yes. You know what Scott Boris said, his agent? No. No. They offered Matt Chapman $150. Alex Bregman contract with Matt Chapman, supposedly said to Bob Melvin that he would accept was $100 million. Yeah. It's over five or six years. I so when remember. you say... When, I mean, it's five years. When you say well look, at, well, look at what Houston's done. Yeah. Houston spends not a lot of money on guys. When they do spend money, it's going to be uh, what's Altuve? 120 Check out. So you got You got one fifteen for Alvarez. You got one hundred million for Bregman. What's Altuve? Twenty eighteen, he signed a seven year, one hundred sixty three million dollars. There's no, there there is one hundred sixty three. That's way more than I thought, but whatever. There's no three hundred, four hundred, two hundred million dollar guy. They don't do that. The only,
1: the only guy that I think that they've given up back, they don't sign a lot of free agents either. Um, Like they got Brantley, and he's kind of hurt now. He's been hurt, but. The big one is they get the three-year, fifty-eight and a half million dollar contract to not, that's, Br- that's, Br- Abreu. Might be the worst one they've signed so far, and it's it's because he doesn't have any home runs. But that's that's nothing. I know that's what I'm saying. Like that's and that that we're saying that could be the worst contract they've signed.
0: So that's why, if 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 you want to build your team, going out and doing it the Padres way, which everybody celebrated, is not the way to do it. You've got to be ruthless. It's got to be ruthless GMing. That's what you have to do. And whether it it may not be, if you want to win, you you, want to sell merchandise, I get it. Have players that stay here forever and roll the dice. But if you want to win, this is how you win. Rays are 34 and 14. Guess what? The minute you start to price yourself out, you're gone. And you know what? If I'm the Rays, and even if you do get a new ballpark, why would you change how you do business? How you do business has worked. Why would you change? All of a sudden, let's just sign it on. You start signing all these guys. It's like, it doesn't work. Padres haven't won it. Y- Yankees have signed all kinds of players to long-term deals. They have not won a World Series since 2009. How's Aaron Hicks doing? You're going to have a monument for him? By the way, Hicks, Hosmer, DFA, a lot of veteran guys getting DFA'd.
1: The Rays, biggest, fra- biggest contract ever given up to a free agent just happened this past offseason.
0: Zach Eflin, three years, forty million. <laughs> Are you gonna buy his jersey? No, you don't buy jerseys for these guys. You just want to win. But that—that's just—it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think the going back to the shortstops in the off-season. Talk about the shortstops. Wow, has that not panned out at all? None of these short—I mean, it's like. Oh, we can. I mean, we can go. I have some, the numbers. The guys are not. It's not. I mean, it's early. Yeah, we got. Yeah, you got ten years to go on these deals. But yeah, I mean, you wanted the immediate push. Like, I'm getting offensive shortstops. This is incredible, and you are not getting that. Who's our next guest?
1: Uh, Ryan Davis at five thirty.
0: Okay, so. coming up next. A. What's the best way to put this? Answers to the questions of what happened with Madison Bumgarner. You can just look at the stats and you say, okay, I look at the stats, I get it. But there's an article right now in The Athletic that really tells you the story of what happened in the va- in the Valley of the Sun. And it is such an interesting read because it it, it tells you, oh, I get it now. It's an oh, I get it now article. And it makes you realize if you're going to be one of the great ones in the history of the game of any sport, there will be adjustments. There will be adjustments. The great ones make adjustments. And they make them from the moment they arrive to their very last game. Was Wayne Gretzky the same player as a kid as he was in his 40s? Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, you name it. You have to be able to change. And if you don't, doesn't it doesn't end well. Get me my Moneyball Sounders. Which one? Adapt or die. Oh, I have that one. Where is that one? <sighs> We need to get a mess. We need to get one of those boards where you can just click it. Well, I had it because in- this doesn't work. Where I go, oh, I, don't know, I don't know. I know. I, it, well, I have so many. This is archaic. I have so many
1: adapter dies. And we're like
0: we're like Reggie McKenzie and the Raiders. We're we're still on files and writing stuff down. We don't even have computers. Adapter die. Ugh. There it is. You know what? Adapter die next right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I just got informed by Jessica Kleinschmidt. We'll be talking about Este Uri. I mean, this is literally thrown into our notes every single day. Where the hell do my notes go?
1: What he's on pace for? Oh, he's well, on pace for eighty-one steals. The last,
0: it's now eighty-one. Yeah, it was at it was up to seventy-nine. Well, he we stole again yesterday's. Hey, thank God you you got that. Whatever the website is, it's the, for home runs, but you can you, we can use it for stolen bases.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you to our my, my, oh. good, to my good friend Carl boost
0: check. Because otherwise, we would have no idea. Yeah. I was, so he And is, now that I can use it, I don't have to text you every day. Go, hey, what's he what's he on pace for? Twenty-four. He's twenty-four steals right in forty-eight
1: games. So we make sure I did the math right. Yeah, eighty-one. Not pace for 81. Um, that ain't good.
0: That would be. Well, it, it breaks, Bra- breaks a lot of records. breaks records.
1: <laughs> the ace rookie record, which was set in 1978. Breaks so the American he, League they record. put
0: it in our notes every day. Este. Uri. Yeah. How many people say it correctly? Uh, and Izzy, Isabella, she told me this is spring training. She's, she gave me the Este Uri. And then now you can see it how, phonetically, it's Este ure Yeah. Este, what's capital O O-O? O? Ooh. U. Um, Not that hard.
1: But I, So I bought, I finally Not bought, Not that hard. I finally bought a movie the show 23 for PS5 last night. And I was playing it, and Book Shambi's the voice of the game. What do you think Book says? What did you just say? What, I bought a
0: video game? You know, people, a lot of people play the video game. There is no doubt people play a lot of video games. And by the way, I'm not sure society – I played a lot of video games <laughs> in my day. I'm not saying I didn't. Uh, Tiger Woods Golf is still one of my favorite. Madden, I'm the original Madden. My generation is – I mean, we went no, from – No, your
1: generation Dungeons & Dragons.
0: We did Atari and television that led to Sony PlayStation, which then led into you know whatever you guys got now. PS5. I get it. I get it. But just remember, you're 35 years old. Four. You're 34 years old, and you're talking about buying a... Oh, you'd be surprised when people of my age buy, play video games. And I'm not shocked about your... Everything they say. You know, for some reason, you guys seem to be really depressed, but I don't really want to get hey, into Hey, well, my, my fifth year old. I sit around playing a lot of video games, and all these studies show you guys are all depressed.
1: My fifth year old. Maybe you guys should them.
0: get outside and see the sun and <laughs> go for a hike or a bike ride. Well, hey, well. Get a dog
1: and walk the dog. I'm already at 13,000 steps today. Uh, hey, but anyway, your
0: generation, I'm telling you, all the studies on your generation are not positive.
1: Book Shambi, you know what he calls him? He just calls him Ruiz. He doesn't even say his first name. SD. <laughs> no, what he says. We're
0: <laughs> So, the article in The Athletic about Madison Bumgarner is very telling. I read it today, and I was like, wow. So, essentially, you had the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres spending money. And Arizona wants to turn it around. And they thought by bringing in, they had young talent, and they thought by bringing in Madison Bumgarner, this is a guy's. Uh, obviously, we know everything that he did. I mean, he's going to go down in history as one of the great big game post game pitchers. I mean, it's just a reality. And the contract was an absolute failure. They DFA'd him. Enough. Enough is enough. And we just thought, well, he stinks, you got a DFM. Now there was way more to that. There always is. There's always more to the story than you know. And it always gets back to what C.J. Nikowski said it years ago on the field with us. And he goes, hey, listen, even though I do Sirius XM and even though I'm, I'm doing color for the Rangers on television, the bottom line is we know our teams better than anybody else. That's why I can get on here today and make a statement The A's did not get better by sending Jordan Diaz down. They did not get better now, and they definitely didn't get better for their future. Now, you look at the way you look at the transactions, somebody who isn't around the A's, and they see that, oh, Seth Brown's back and and Jordan Diaz went down, they wouldn't think two things about it. But we know our team better than anybody else. I'm not saying Seth Brown shouldn't be here. I'm just saying, great Evan Brownie back. Find somebody else to get rid of. Find, find somebody. Got to make a tough decision on a veteran player. Got to do it. But you don't get better by sending Jordan Diaz down. And you're still 10 and 38. But we'll, we'll, this is about Madison Bumgarner. You start reading this article, and you start to realize what made Madison Bumgarner great is what was ultimately his demise. He is a hard headed, and having done a radio show with Aubrey Huff, and he was good buddies with Mass and Bumgarner, I got to learn more about Matt, because obviously I, I don't cover the Giants and I didn't really know him. I just got to watch him. I've interviewed him a couple times, but and he was a terrible interview. But I, you know, great respect. But In the end, he was not willing to change. He was not willing to listen. And when you have somebody like Brent Strom, who is one of the great pitching coaches in Major League Baseball history, he's been around for a long time, he's helped a lot of players. Dan Heron is the pitching strategist for the Arizona Diamondbacks And in this article it talks about very early they clashed and then all of a sudden there was no relationship. So the people who are employed to help you as much as they possibly can, you walled off and you had friction with them. And it just made me think about the greats of all time. And one of the things that was cool about in my career is I did a weekly show with Jerry Rice at one point. Jerry Rice is not only the greatest receiver of all time, you can put Jerry Rice in the conversation for greatest football player of all time. I don't think that's deniable. No, I agree. And Jerry Rice, in many shows, talked about what it was like for him to still perform in the end with the Raiders, where he was still a pro bowler. This is not... Young Jerry Rice with Joe Montana. This is not Jerry Rice in his prime with Joe Montana into Steve Young. This is Jerry Rice at the end of his career with Rich Gannon and the Raiders and they'd make the Super Bowl. Jerry Rice had to change how he went about his game, his preparation, how he healed, how he did everything. He had to change. He got older. He had to adjust. I mean, there is this fascination this country has with Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan is fasc- fascinating. Well, Michael Jordan changed. By the end of Michael Jordan's career, with the not the Wizards, <laughs> not Wizard great, is he on the wall? Is Jordan on the wall of Wizard greats? You know him as the Bullets, the
1: Washington <laughs> uh, Bullets. I think if I think if you're gonna if you're gonna erect the wall for the Wizards legends, I think you have to put him on there. Really? How many great wizard players can you name off top of your head? Well, he wasn't great.
0: I mean, Bob, I mean,
1: John Wall. Uh, who else played for We're not
0: talking – but there's great bullet players. They <laughs> yeah. won NBA titles. Uh, we're talking Wizards. John Wall, Bradley Beal. Uh, what was the one – he was one of the Fab Five Michigan guys. Um, okay, it wasn't Jalen Rose. No, not c what not the other guy. Jawan Howard? Yeah.
1: See? Was J- J- wasn't Jawan Howard a wizard? Uh I didn't think we were going to talk Jawan Howard today. Wizards live here. Uh, Jawan Howard was a Washington
0: bullet. Then Washington wizard, yes. Okay, he was really a bullet, so he doesn't count. Because we're talking wizards. You've got to be a great wizard. Anyway, you get where I'm saying. At the end of Jordan, you'll see statistically Jordan shot more jumpers and started shooting further away. Uh, Gilbert Arenas is
1: another one. Gilbert Arenas. Well, was... someone someone put. Uh, I just typed in top the greatest wizard players of all time because it was on my mind. Uh, Jordan is on the list. If you look at if you do a Google search, Jordan is on there next to Antoine Jameson, Warrior Legend. Don't
0: make me. An- you already made me angry today. Sending me g- the Giants Wall of whatever it's <laughs> called. What's it called? The Giants Wall of Fame. I had one of the best lines ever today. <laughs> is he next to Bobby Estelea? You didn't even know who Bobby is. I didn't. Is. No. Bobby, the nickname Bobby Chestellea <laughs> Then you
1: had to show me. Then I had to look it up.
0: I, I, I'm like, okay, he was. I think he was a Balco. He was a Balco client. Oh, I don't. Oh, it's, it's bold. I mean, with the chest like that, I, I would. I, I would assume. I, <laughs> it wasn't natural. Bobby Estaleo was huge. But well, anyway. We can tie back All in. I, 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 I'm now getting off track. Well, we can
1: tie back in because Mad Bum will probably be on the wall of fame at some point. There you see, That's how you bring a full yes, circle.
0: Yes, yes. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, Tom Brady. I mean, th- think about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are the only two quarterbacks that switch teams and won Super Bowls with different teams, right? They're the only two. Yes. Right. Now, not only are you taking, as LeBron once said, your talents to South Beach, but you've got to fit in. you got to fit in with the group. The group's got to fit you, and you've got to fit in. I'll tell you, a quarterback that switched teams and never fit in, and he was just going to do what he did was Brett Favre, and they won nothing. Vikings didn't win anything. Jets didn't win anything because it was just Brett Favre running around doing his stuff. You've got to fit in. Masson Baumgartner did not fit in, nor did he want to change. And we have all this data that's going, well, I can tell you, your ERA's eight. You got some issues. (laughs) All right? But we have this data. He didn't want to hear it. He shunned him. He said, I don't even want to deal with you. I mean, pretty disrespectful. Dan Heron is not the ultra-aggressive. And Brent Strom, I mean, Brent Strom has helped Verlander, Garrett Cole, Zach Grinke. He has helped all these aging pitchers. Get better as they
1: age. Oh, by the way, that Zach Gallen guy is pretty good for the Diamondbacks right now. Just saying.
0: So here you have Madison Bumgarner, who had a chance to be an all-time great. If he goes to Arizona and continues to throw the ball well, he's an all-time great. He's an he can be an all-time great. Clayton Kershaw is not the same pitcher, and they have actually shown on MLB Now Clayton Kershaw. Lack of velocity and changed his game and kept his numbers the exact same. His K's per nine, all this hasn't changed because he made the adjustment. Greatness makes adjustments. And Mass and Bumgarner couldn't. And so after a while, they started to realize hey, listen, Dan Heron is the pitching strategist who helps the front office, who they're trying to do everything they can to make their guys better. He's not listening. Now I want you to hear Tory Lavello, manager of the Diamondbacks, former A, was re- recently on A's Cast Live, and I want to I want to play this for you: the culture of what was going of what's going on in Arizona. Who, by the way, Arizona. They just won two out of three in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you're,
1: you're, yeah, but 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 the game they lost. Gallon got beat up by the Bucks. Is he already still under
0: three? Your Pirates are starting to implode. Uh, Arizona right now, 27-20 and 20 in just a game and a half back. So what they're doing is working. This is the culture. Matt. Now, I want you to picture Madison Baumgartner is in there. People like him. He's not a bad person, right? People like him. But he's basically saying, I don't want to hear from the pitching coach. I don't want to hear. Dan Heron is... We love Dan Heron as an A and a former All-Star star of the All-Star game. But Dan Heron is a pitching strategist. Don't want to I have friction with him. I got an issue because this guy's telling me I need to change. I'm Mass and Bub Martyr. Don't you tell me. So the the guys who are trying to help you, you've said, I want to flip you the bird, but I can't. They flipped him the bird. He's flipped them the bird. But I want you to hear. This is the culture of what they've built in Arizona. Here's the manager recently when the snakes were in town on Ace Cast Live. Our good friend Tori Lavello. Yeah, I I think when you go out there and it's a an cohesive unit and they believe in the same thing. And culture is really about bringing people together for one common one common reason. And that's to go out and win baseball games and and just push forward daily so um, it's like starting a new business right you take a chance and you, you do things and say things and you wonder how somebody's going to respond to it you back it up with some some good thoughts or ideas and the next you know he's talking about it and that's kind of what what's going on you know we we have a couple words in our culture that you don't use every day it's love trust commitment and effort
3: um, you use you say love in the in sports it throws people off but you know I was watching the Super Bowl when the Rams won the Super Bowl a couple years ago every single player uh, I think
0: McVeigh was mic'd up they went up to him hugged him and said, I love you, coach. I I really love you. And I think that's where it starts with us. When you, when you talk about building something special, it's got to be really deep inside of the heart. I mean, that's what they've built. He's not wrong. And once again, they're 27 and 20. Now, you just heard, I mean, you never, you never go around telling everybody you love them. Mm, no. Grateful for them. I don't throw
1: on the uh, L word a lot. Tell my wife that. I'm a dog. How, how do you tell your wife that when she's in Cancun? That's true, yeah. It's a lot of text messages. I love you, and then she just sends back a dr- her with a drink. And I'm like, oh, so you don't love me back, huh? <laughs> Here I am grinding every day, and you're on a beach. I love your wife. That's
0: great. I love you. I miss you. Here's a piña colada. This sucker's back home doing A's cast, and I'm on the beach in Cancun. Good for her. She delivers babies, which is a really stressful job. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we're doing is
1: not. No. And we could talk about the 10 and 38 no. and all this stuff.
0: Come on. You don't see blood at work. <laughs> no. You don't see babies. You don't. And and, and as somebody who had. Uh, twins, and a lot of people didn't think they were going to survive the birth. And I know what it... put it this way when my kids were born, it was like a movie scene. There was all these specialists because there was stuff that was going wrong, and they thought, I mean, we, yeah, my God, I, I could It was a people ask, why didn't you go again? What? I was just thankful I have two that are alive and healthy because they didn't, they thought something was real. My, oh, I didn't want to get that. But so what your wife does, she's a saint. So, she can have all the margaritas she wants. Yeah. But Back lo- to the
1: uh, back to the L word. Love.
0: love. You know what? I'll tell I'll tell Ray. Ray, you think Ray's listening?
1: Uh who's Ray? Oh, the karate kid Ray?
0: Yes, karate kid.
1: Uh he yeah, he probably he might be listening. I don't know if he's watching. Ray, I love you. Ram I'm committed. I'm committed to Ace cast. you think you, you think Dallaire is listening? <laughs> he might be. If not, he goes back and watches, so you can tell him.
0: That's true. Dallaire... Dallaire will watch sometime tomorrow morning. Delaire, I love you. I've known delair a long time. delair is a great human being. I miss it? Jessica Kleinschmidt, who I'll talk to you in X amount of time. I love you, Jessica Kleinschmidt. Uh, Ken Korak, how do you not love the voice of the Oakland A's? I don't think you're forgetting anyone. Um... The great Vince Catronio. I love Vince Catronia. How about Johnny D? Yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> it's still early. I'm still early. <laughs> you're in that honeymoon phase. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's like you know what it is? Like, you did it, you, you know, you, you got married, and then now you're on the honeymoon, and you're, like, looking around at everybody else. Like, did I do the right thing? I think I did the right thing. Yeah. I like Johnny. I'm not going to go love you. We're not there yet. Not there yet. You? It's beyond love.
1: Oh wow! I don't, I don't know if that's good it's or bad. A
0: partnership. It's
1: true. There's a lot of there's a lot of trust
0: there. Yeah. So honestly, love. I wrote it down. Love, trust, commitment, effort. Love, trust. Now, does that sound like Madison Bumgarner telling your pitching strategist and your pitching coach to go shove it? And it'd be one thing if he had a two five ERA. No, 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 no. Put a bar. Put up Bumgarner stats. That's what I'm saying. Normally I wouldn't be talking about a forever giant, but Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> I
1: love how you dropped that in there. What I just love ripping him.
0: Uh, Madison Bumgarner was trash. He was absolute. Give me his numbers in Arizona. Four
1: years in Arizona, 15 and 32. Uh, that's a 319 winning percentage for everyone who doesn't do the math. Uh, 523 ERA and 69 starts. He threw 363 into third innings. He struck out where's let me make sure I'm getting the right strikeout numbers. Uh two hundred and seventy six and he walked one hundred and sixteen. If you want to hear his ERA plus you, you, it, I'm a big ERA plus guy, it was eighty.
0: So that's twenty below what uh league average is. What would you say if I have a one hundred twenty ERA plus, are you living with me? Uh, you're going on my wall of fame. All right. If I have a one hundred five.
1: Yeah, you're still you're above average. But you take me at one hundred five. Yeah, that was a good guess because he
0: did have one twenty as a giant. I I can I can live with you under a hundred if you're giving me innings. He wasn't even doing that. That's what I'm saying. I, all of this, like f you to the pitching coach and the pitching strategy people, and you've got a five what ERA? Uh, five twenty three. And that's that's combined. He. When they DFA'd him, he had a ten point two six. Like the nerve of you to be telling everybody, I'm Madison Bumgarner, and you've got a ten ERA. His lowest ERA he
1: ever had was as a Diamondback, a Diamondback's legend, Madison Bumgarner is yeah. uh, two thousand twenty-one. He was seven and ten with a four six seven.
0: I thought about this because I said this in the past that w- we're such in shambles with pitching. I would have said. Because you need just hopefully some innings, and it costs nothing. How would you feel about signing Madison, Bum- Madison Bumgarner as an A? And I know immediately, Giants, you're gonna hate it. i oh, Giant. I get you. I'm throw him on that stupid Wall of Fame next to Marvin Bernard. We, we signed. We
1: signed Romo. People love that. Oh, they
0: like the song. Oh well. Okay. Fair. But. I just, after reading this article, I don't think he would listen to Scott Emerson. No. Unless um, he was willing to, because I would bring in Madison Bumgarner just to give me some innings, man. Just, can you go six? Because that's why, I mean, what is Rusinski giving you? Uh, not much, and I like I told you the first time I told you
1: again today, it's not like the ERA, ERA could get much worse.
0: I I would just take the... <laughs> oh,
1: wow. I mean, I'm just putting out facts, I mean... He might actually well if he's pitching like this in Arizona it actually could that's shots fired at it, our pitching staff. <laughs> it could it could actually get worse.
0: <laughs> that's shots fired.
1: The the one of the most telling parts of the article too is when they said about when Baumgartner arrived <laughs> for the three week summer camp he was out of shape and apparently didn't even touch a baseball during the shutdown when the Diamondbacks asked for them to to work you know to work out. Yeah. <laughs> he finished that year with a six forty eight ERA. By the way. I
0: which mean,
1: what's what's which our. What's our team ERA at right now? I have it, I have it on here. 7. So no, nope, it. nope. 6.91. Six,
0: 6.91. Um
1: starter 726.
0: So the devil's always in the details. I mean, it's a very good article uh, just beyond our little world of A's Giants whatever. Just in baseball uh, of a guy that you know, not willing to adjust. When we can look at all these athletes for all these years and to be great, you got to make adjustments. Do you think Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas, the two greatest winners in golf, were the same guys when they were young? And they can go out there and swing all day long and be great versus when they're old men still winning? I mean, Jack Nicholas won at 46 years old. Phil Mickelson recently just won at 51. You think you're the same player you are when you're in your 20s or early 30s? No. You have to make adjustments. And he's not willing to make adjustments. Brooks
1: Kepka made adjustments. He's won the PGA.
0: Brooks Koepka, just talked about like a couple months he finally started having the soreness out of his knee after he's had surgery, right? It's like, yeah, Kepka just finished second at the Masters. So um, that even now, I was always against Masson Bumgarner being a Hall of Famer. I just like, there's just not enough. There is just not enough beyond the World Series. And people call me a hater, which, technically, you got me on that. I can't really fight that. I've taken so many shots at the San Francisco Giants. I can't say I'm not a hater. So you got me on that one. But if we can get past that point and just look at the numbers, is his war 70? No. 60? No. 50? No. 40? No. All right, he's not even a 40 war, I mean. And I get the the thing that will help Madison Bumgarner long term though, is the fact that you've got pitchers who will not give you any innings or anything anymore. So his numbers will be better by the lack of numbers that are going to be happening. Interesting article on the Athletic. Read it, Ryan Di, Ryan Divish, Seattle Times. What's going on with the fun differential, the funky bunch, the Seattle Mariners next right here on A's Cast Live. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, every single year in spring training, there's always something that you remember more than anything else. And we want to play, which was one of our favorite things from spring training. Do you have it? This was the line. uh, When we think of spring training, in 2023 ryan is the author do you have it yeah of this he
2: still looks like one of those scottsdale bros that's over here down in the valley
0: that was the line of spring training (laughs) the scottsdale bro uh we still play it because if for everybody that goes down to spring training we all know exactly what you're talking about that was hilarious (laughs) You,
2: you know it's pretty amazing that i've he still looks like a Scottsdale bro. I mean, he's got the spiked hair, the tips are frosted, wearing a tank top when it's only 50 degrees out. All he needs really is a tribal tattoo on his arm. And if he gets that, if he gets the tribal tattoo and then maybe like a yellow Jeep Wrangler, you know, big wheels, then, then we all know for certain.
0: And then we we're then we were thinking about it. And all all the different places we go out at night in spring training, it's like you could be a Tempe bro, you could be a Phoenix bro. Uh, they're 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 pretty much all over the place.
2: Well, you know, but if you go over to the West Valley, the West Valley bros are a lot different. When you're over there in the Peoria Glendale area, fact, th- those are bros you don't want to mess with. Like I had a running bet with. Uh, my buddy, Matt Calkins, who was a columnist, one night we were at the old Salty Seniorita in Peoria. And I said, Matt, whoever finds a woman without an exposed tattoo, the other one has to buy drinks. <laughs> he never found one.
0: People need to realize Padres and Mariners train out in Peoria away from uh, a lot of us. But uh, uh, that was still one of the great lines. So how's everything been going for you since we last talked?
2: Um, You know, I'm covering an underachieving team that fans are turning into Lord of the Flies on my Twitter mentions every day. But other than that, it's great. You know, the perennial superstar is hitting about 211. Um, They're getting solid starting pitching and they can barely score runs. So, you know, all is not well in Mariners land, but it seems like this is what they do every year. And now they're just waiting for that 14-game winning streak to pull themselves out of it and back into contention.
0: You know, it's when Scott Service said, hey, it's not about the run differential, it's the fun differential. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why you could have a fun differential, just looking at the numbers in a two-year span, when you go 67-41 and and run one in one-run games, that is amazing. But you're just not gonna you're not gonna keep that rolling now. Twelve and sixteen in one-run games. So just talk about how the close games haven't necessarily gone their way.
2: Yeah, I mean they it hasn't been good. They have um, they're they're just not a very good situational hitting team. That's their problem. They they are a terrible situational hitting team because they strike out with runners on base. They 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 are probably I think they have the highest strikeout percentage of any team in baseball. They're probably second in total strikeouts and they are just abysmal. I mean, like runner on third, less than two outs. It should be something you should do. You need to get the run in. They just don't. They strike out. They don't even put the ball in play. And it's it's been really aggravating for for fans and for service. And those guys, I mean, they you know, you look at, you know, the strikeout rates of Julio Rodriguez, Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez, uh, Cal Raleigh—they're all over, almost thirty-five percent. I mean, that's just not sustainable. I mean, I understand that strikeouts aren't as bad as they used to be, but that—that's just terrible. And they can't. That's why they're not winning. They strike out too much. They don't score enough runs because the pitching is really, really good, and the offense is not matched. And I, you know, when your superstar is, you know, two, hitting two eleven and just hasn't really got on track, and the guy you traded for in the off season has really struggled as well. I mean, that that hurts you, you know. Then you're relying on the Scottsdale bro and a couple other guys to carry you the whole time and that's just not really what he's supposed to do.
0: Hey, remember when we used to have the players put their nicknames on the players' weekend? They'd have their yeah. nicknames on there. That'd be like the greatest ever, Scottsdale bro out in center field or left field. That'd be great.
2: <laughs> oh. I mean, just, just, you know, he could be sponsored by White Claw. and <laughs> Oh,
0: God, we're never going to forget that. Uh, you know, it's interesting about expectations. It's amazing when teams, professional athletes – When they don't have expectations, how things go. And then all of a sudden, you break like the playoff curse. Because, God, I mean, 2001 was a long time ago. You break that curse. Now there's the expectations. People perform different when there are these lofty expectations. Do you feel that has been a problem for the Mariners?
2: Uh, yes and no. I mean, they had expectations last year because of what they did in 21, where they won 90 games, went into the last day of the season. And then, you know, they made the trade for trade for Winker and Suarez and they did some stuff. You know, there was expectations to be good last year. And then for a while, they weren't. I mean, they were 10 games under 500 in, on June 19th and they managed to pull it out. But, you know, the, ex- the expectations this year, I mean, they talked about it. They sat there and said, hey, we want to win the American League West. You know that's all well and good. I mean, but they just—they haven't performed even close to that. And even, you know, you look at the roster, which I felt was a bat short to begin with. I think that you know, competing for the American League West was a nice thing to say, but I don't know how realistic it was. It was going to take the Astros taking a big step back, which they have. All of a sudden, the Rangers have inserted it themselves. So, yeah, I, I think the expectations of handling it because the expectations are higher. They haven't handled it well. I mean somebody like Julio, who is struggling, the expectations of him carrying this team. I think that's a big part of why he's struggling. He's not. He's out there trying to do more than he should. He's trying to, you know, hit a seven-run homer with nobody on base. You know, just like just just hit the ball because you're really strong. And when you hit the ball, you usually hit it pretty hard, and good things happen. But you know, you're up there trying to, you know, nuke a slider away. That doesn't work. And so, yeah, that's where I think the expectations are getting, is maybe the individual expectations, like for Julio, for some of these guys. They're carrying the responsibility of the team too much when it needs to be a collaborative effort instead of just, hey, I'll fix this offense right here. I'm going to hit a bomb right here. Well, that doesn't work that way in baseball.
0: You know, I thought the Julio Rodriguez contract, I heard Jerry Depoto on the front office on SiriusXM XM. With Duquette and Bowden, explain the contract how he took parts of the trout contract that he did in Anaheim and worked that into Julio's deal, and part of it is guaranteed, and there's all kinds of different escalators and everything. And the whole time I was thinking, did you really have to do it now? I mean, do you have to sign him to this deal now? Just when you think about the way this has started, he's got this long-term deal. He's gotten off to a slow start. Just How how do you view it now versus when he first got that contract?
2: Uh, I mean, I think they felt like if they didn't do it now, they might not be able to get the chance. You know, what if this guy really blows up and then you don't get that chance? So I think that's part of the reason. You know, there was a window. He was receptive to it. So they tried to jump on it instead of just saying, okay, well, we'll wait. We'll wait and we'll wait and see his value increase more. I mean, hell, with what everybody – I mean, if, if Brandon Brandon Nimmo's getting 160, I mean, like, you know, Julio's – was Julio going to get two years from now if he were to continue to put up the numbers he did last year? So it's like maybe pay what you can now, and in the end, that might look economical compared to what the salaries are going up to.
0: You've gotten to see the AL West. What has shocked you the most?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, Texas is pitching. They've been able to do it still. Like, they have enough pitching. Like, last year, if you got to their bullpen, you could beat them, even if, like, say, you know, it was the one day John Gray started and gave them a decent outing or whatever. They, You know, Dane Dunning has been really good this year. Like, I don't know if that's sustainable. But, you know, they've still managed to hit just – they've hit a lot, but they have enough pitching to get through games and win them seven to five or seven to four. So, and then again, like everybody looks like a Cy Young against the Mariners right now. So I, I don't know. I, I think that's been pretty surprising, you know, and I, I just, you know, kind of always waiting for the perpetual fall off for the Angels. I mean, like, you know, the, with Rendon being bad and, and other stuff, I, I kind of figured that's going to happen, but it hasn't yet. Maybe it will. But that, that's probably the most surprising thing, I mean, that I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, and, and even Jeff Blum, who does the color uh, color for TV for the Astros, he said, hey, listen, with the way they're kind of beat up, Altuve's out, Brantley's out, you know, no Verlander, you better get the Astros early. And he was mm-hmm. right because now here comes the Houston Astros. Not surprised, are you?
2: No, I'm not because they're just really good and they know how to win. And, you know, like, I mean, that the, the with Altuve back, the first six guys in their lineup, they're a problem. And if, I, if Brantley ever gets healthy, you know, contributes even a little bit, you know, and they'll probably try and pick up somebody at the deadline. So you're right. You needed to, you know, bank some wins and, and build up and like Texas did it. They came out strong. The Mariners didn't, you know, the angels came out. Okay. But like, that's the thing you have because you don't have the head to head matchups anymore. And so it's, it's a lot different. Um, Yeah. I, I just think Houston knows how to win. And until, somebody beats them you can all sit there and say oh yeah we're coming after them or they're going to take a step back but nobody's proven that yet you know nobody's beaten them for the last few years and it's hard to win in houston too and the mayors don't do a very good job of that so I, I think they're going to be pretty solid you know you wonder though because like they're just they're running framber valdez and all those guys hard and they pitch well into the offseason we already saw the injuries will that happen i i guess now was Lance McCullers, Jr., he just pitches in the postseason. He's out for most of the season, and he comes back and pitches in the postseason. He's like a veteran offensive lineman that holds out through all of training <laughs> camp and then shows up for the first day. Oh, yeah, I'm good now. Let's go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, what am I doing for training camp? Yeah, with mm-hmm. my contract getting redone? Hey, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. And uh, next time so we do this show on the field right next to the dugout. Let's have you on the field next time we see you.
2: Okay, sounds good. Take care. All right, see you.
0: Ryan Davis from the Seattle Times, always good. The author of "The Scottsdale Bro." What was the thing he said about a yellow jeep? Got to even- have a yellow jeep with the oversized tires. <laughs> jeep Wrangler. Got to have the uh, Got to have the tattoo, if not a tribal tattoo. You got to have the frosted tips. <laughs> got to have the frosted tips. Maybe you should get frosted tips. Pass.
1: I'm not part of Insinker. Or- Backstreet I mean, Boys. I
0: should get frosted tips.
1: Apparently it's coming back. I'm Frosted what people tips doing, are know. back? Well, I mean, baggy jeans and all the stuff that was cool. That wasn't cool when I was 15 are now cool again. Maybe it's just me being old and no, it's 20 years ago.
0: I don't think I could ever have frosted tips. Uh, I don't know. No, I can't see it. No. I have never done anything to my hair. Now, I will tell you. Because I'm, I'm as honest as honest. I'm probably one of the most honest talk shows host ever. I t- talk about my family. I talk about my life. I will dye my hair. See, right now I use Aveda. I remember
1: when, I remember when you and Billy had that whole conversation on the field about yeah. how great your hair looks.
0: I, I'm like, I, so I mean, you can see that I got some gray, but I use this Aveda grooming cream. I found it because whatever what I used to put in my hair, They discontinued it, so I had to find it. And all of a sudden, it makes my hair darker than... My hair really isn't this dark. I'm more brown. This stuff makes my hair darker, and it makes it look like I don't have any gray. So people be like, you're dying your hair. I've never dyed my hair, but I'm telling you, I will. And when I'm doing it, I will tell you I do.
1: Well, I appreciate the honesty. I will
0: be totally honest with you. The day I dye my
1: hair, I will be honest with you. Uh, I already told my wife once my hair turns... Going starts going gray. I will not dye it. My dad dyes his hair still, and he's 62 years old. He dyes his goatee. It's like, what are, what are you doing, bro? Like, just let it go. Is For a, me – He's a Scottsdale bro? Uh No, he's not. He doesn't – uh, no, he doesn't have tribal tattoo. He does have tattoos tattoo. not tribal. The whole thing with my hair is the whole thing with my wife. There's a whole backstory to that. Usually I take care – I took very good care of my hair. But uh, the last year and a half, I have a thing with my wife. Um, So once that
0: gets – finished the hair
1: will be cut the day that it
0: happens so all right during that interview i normally don't look at my phone but this thing popped up on my phone do you have the breaking news sounder uh give me a second i like look at it i almost went into pleat i almost just went into complete shock Live from the ABC Sports Desk in New York, I'm Chris Townsend. So the headline is Tom Brady Raiders Reach Agreement. Oh. And all of a sudden I looked at it, I like what? What? It's finally happening.
1: Tom Brady to the Raiders. He couldn't stand Jimmy being there, huh?
0: Minority ownership. Still can't stand Jimmy being there, huh? Minority ownership. Tom Brady, Las Vegas owner Mark Davis told ESPN on Monday he has come to an agreement with future Hall of Fame. Court. How do we know? Well this future Hall of Famer. How do you know Brady's a future Hall of Famer? Will he ever win? Future Hall of Fame correct t- to join the organization's ownership group pending NFL approval. Uh, Sports Illustrated also confirmed Brady's minority stake. Here's what you need to know. Davis has been looking for a limited partner and with and was in talks with Magic Johnson a year ago. What? Get Magic.
1: Isn't Magic part of the Commanders ownership group now?
0: Uh, yes, he's part of the Commanders. And jo- the Dodgers. Johnson wound up being part of the Commanders. Brady had previously bought ownership stake in the Las Vegas Aces. Who also was on by Mark Davis of uh, the WNBA and a pickleball expansion team.
1: Uh, Isabella, big pickleball player. We need to pick her brain if you want anything about pickleball. There's pro pickleball.
0: I, I guess.
1: I mean, there's poor pro cornhole. Those guys are incredible. By the way, it's always on ESPN. Those guys are awesome. Uh, the best is the guy's
0: got a cocktail in his hand
1: and <laughs> flipping that bag. Yeah, I like the guy that always the guy now that wears the uh, one ear Air, uh, AirPod in while he's throwing the cornhole.
0: Uh, you got a lot of time on your hands, my friend.
1: It was on a bar bar the other night when I was at, at, they had cornhole. (laughs) Wow. Izzy does corn. Pickleball. So does Amelia. We have never had Izzy on the program. She's a voice of one of our spots. Amelia is also a big pickleball player. I just. Well, she was a
0: softball player, so she's athletic. she still play softball now. She'll play softball. Can you imagine the amount of trash Amelia would talk in a sporting event? Oh God, I can't oh, imagine. Oh my God! I mean, she just she talks really... trash now. You think you think listener at the Coliseum is? Oh, I just be... she be that teammate, just like oh, I need a break. I need a break.
1: But if she she Draymond Green, that kind of trash talking, or
0: yeah, I think so. I think she'd be a little. <laughs> she had a little Draymond. I I think I I think Amelia has never <laughs> ran into a conversation she didn't enjoy being in. She's going to be in the con- she wants in. You got a conversation, she'll have an opinion on it. She may have no formal education but she'll have an opinion on it. I'll am t-
1: going to let her know that we talked. Like, hey, we talked about it. Don't tell show. her because then we'll end up being in a conversation. <laughs> well, it'll be a texting conversation and I'll just silence my notifications. <laughs>
0: I hate that. By the way, that's so millennial view according to my children. Yeah, well. I don't need to look at my phone. And then Brady 45 retired in February following a historic 23-year career where he won seven Super Bowls. Historic. Seven. Historic. What was so historic about 14 it? 14 title games. Oh anyway, yeah, how many
1: times they went without him? 14 title games. That's insane. He was so good. He was the, Matt Castle had a winning season without him. Guys can't even play ten
0: years, and he played in fourteen title <laughs> games. Know. It's incredible. I just, it's like mind blowing. It literally is mind like like someday we're really gonna look back at Tom Brady's well, three minutes. Yeah, six o'clock pregame. What time is the game? Six forty.
1: <sighs>
0: right. I yeah, six forty. You know what happens? Sometimes
1: Seattle has a seven ten. Yeah, I
0: like I thought. Was, I thought we were going till six thirty. No, nope. I have more stuff to. I've been pre- prepping all day. I got more
1: stuff. Yeah, we we'd even get into the uh, the shortstop thing. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow.
0: Your shortstops. You said the greatest shortstop free agents of all time. How's that working out?
1: You guys keep talking about great Texas. Is they're getting their brains beaten by the Pirates right now.
0: Well, that's a big series for you. Yeah, well. They're struggling. NL
1: no Central's pretty winnable. By right the now.
0: way, I oh, we didn't get to talk about Chris Bassett. Oh, yeah. He's been great. Yes, but tomorrow we're going to do a little segment. Know your numbers. Write that down. I'll put it in right Take now. Take all your Chris Bassett information, and Cody is going to present Know Your Numbers. There's a spin to this bit. He doesn't know what it is yet, though. Is this have to do with all the stuff we saw in Bassett in the notes? And it will either be beneficial or not to him. That's the hook. That's that's what well, it's what we call a tease in the industry. Know your numbers with Commander Cody will be a bit for tomorrow's show. Just have your numbers ready on Chris Bassett. Know your numbers. Twenty-seven.
1: All I know is twenty-seven scoreless. Like Billy said, money balls.
0: I saw a seven in a row. <laughs> I don't pay you to steal. I don't get pay you to get thrown out at second base. No, I pay you to first. Uh, not gonna throw out where at second. are we? Tam- Tampa's playing Toronto. Where are we with that? Six two. Where is it? Right there. Ah, so the scoreless streak uh,
1: is over. Oh, uh, Chapman. To Chapman. Chapman down the three
0: one. Ch- like Rooker, like Brent Rooker. <laughs> What's the note on Rooker? Rooker's hitting 143 the last eight games. You see how bad Matt Chapman's been in May? Like, Matt Chapman was Hercules in the first month. Mm -hmm. He's been awful.
1: Last 15 for Rooker, 211, one homer, six RBIs, a 641 OPS. Past eight, as they had in there. I'd Look, no homers, one RBI, 369 OPS.
0: I had it, by the way. I had it in the notes. How much time we got? We got to go. I had Matt Chapman's numbers for this month. It's alarming. No home runs, hitting like one sixty. Well, oh, we we didn't
1: even get into overreactions. Are the Yankees does everyone on that team just cheat with sticky stuff? I mean that Clark Schmidt got in trouble.
0: Saying. It is it is it is alarming how many of their guys have an issue. And, and Garrett Cole gets and, upset when you ask about it. And, and and oh by the way, it's now at a point you can't really complain about the umpires. Yeah. I mean now two
1: managers have been thrown out, uh, Rocco Baldelli and um uh David Bell.
0: Dude, your hand, I, my hand is sticking to your hand. I'm, I'm putting my hand yeah. on your hand. It's, you know what? I, would, I would have a lollipop. Oh, yeah, we said that the, the other day. Remember how U L Washington for the can't? This is really old school. U L Washington, the old Royals shortstop, played with a tooth toothpick. Shortstop Dusty Baker has a toothpick. Good, well, yeah. I would have a lollipop. Rosie Ramon has a toothpick. Also, what did? But I would have a lollipop. Make your hands sticky. I know. As a pitcher, yeah. and take it out yeah. and show me hit my hands. What would they do to that? Yeah. Ugh. it'd be like Garrett Gaylord Perry mm. doing Partner. that. I would come out there with a lot. Does it say? Is there anything in the rule book that says I can't have a lollipop? I uh,
1: I don't I don't know the, I don't have the rule book.
0: Have you ever held a lollipop before? Yes. How sticky are they?
1: Uh, well, sticky and disgusting because it's inside from the inside of your mouth. But, but yes, it's your sticky. mouth. Yes,
0: it's true. I lick. I. I go like this to go to the ball. You put snot on the baseball? I mean, what if I was just out there with a lollipop sticking it on my hands? Is that illegal? Oh, no, We need to rules. that. I could have all the spider tack on my fingers.
1: You know what No, know? Eno Saris would know. We'll ask him later this week. He don't know. Yeah.
0: All righty. We want to thank our Scottsdale bro, Ryan Divish from the Seattle Times. June Lee from ESPN. What do we got tomorrow?
1: Uh, we're going to have Scott Miller on tomorrow. Talk about your Padres.
0: That's that's Ted Leitner's Padres.
1: That's true. Bob
0: Melvin's Padres. They're terrible. All my friends back home, I'm just riding them going, Hey, I thought you got do you got the World Series parade route ready? With that eight hundred and sixty-three it's get, the Padres, mark my words, it's gonna be document docum, documentaries are gonna be done on how pathetic the spending, the guarantees, it's going to be a train wreck that we've never seen before. It's going to be worse than the Dodgers and Frank McCord. Oh, boy. How about that? I got to get out of here? Yeah, we got to go. Pre-game coming up next right here. Thank you for watching A's Cast Live. Up next, A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.